0: this is the simi sarah show on demand subscribe now on itunes listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 cknw and through the radio
1: player app
2: it is also clear that some individuals have refused to participate in our reviews voluntarily we are done with asking nicely today our government has given justice cullen the authority to do more than ask for voluntary participation We have given him all of the powers to compel testimony and gather evidence that his new office as commissioner allows under the Public Inquiry Act. These powers are significant. They include the right to inspect any public place and seize records. And the right to apply to court to obtain a warrant to search a private place and seize records. The right to order an individual to attend a hearing and testify under oath. And to order that individual to produce any information or thing in that person's control and the power to find a person who refuses to respect these orders in contempt in the same way as if an order of our courts were, was not followed.
1: It's pretty significant. that as Attorney General David Eby there. The press conference in Victoria has just wrapped up with the Premier, the Attorney General, and the Finance Minister, Carol James. The announcement, as you've heard, a full public inquiry into money laundering in this province. It will be headed by Justice Austin Cullen, a formerly Associate Chief Justice, BC Supreme Court Justice, An interim report expected within 18 months. And for me, I thought the most telling sentence was from the Attorney General, where he said, what we want to know is who knew what and when. It's very simple, right? How did we get ourselves into this situation when money laundering having such a huge impact in British Columbia who saw it happening, who didn't do anything. The inquiry will have some very significant powers as outlined there from the Attorney General. It will target areas such as real estate, gaming, financial institutions, the corporate sector, the professional sector, the regulatory authorities and has the full cooperation of of the federal government, because there are lots of questions for people in positions of power in the federal government as well. FinTrack, for example, why has FinTrack not been using the teeth it has been given to crack down in some of these areas? The inquiry will be able to compel information that previous reports done by Dr. Peter German could not. So there's a lot more for us to learn here. But let's find out more about how this inquiry is going to shape up. Uh, The Premier, John Horgan, was asked specifically about what type of punishments people may receive here. Beyond just naming, shaming, like more public information, will people actually be punished as a result of what we learned during this inquiry? And here's what he had to say about that.
3: Our objective is to to meet the issues that uh, Minister James just talked about. Uh, it's it's not the you know that perhaps other governments were intoxicated by the revenues that kept coming in. There's certainly evidence of that. We'll see if the commissioner finds that. The issue is how is this affecting people, the foregone economic activity, the family that couldn't stay in the Lower Mainland, the the lost opportunity for a business to start because a good idea had to go somewhere else because they couldn't afford to live here. That is the real challenge is to make sure that we're working always in the interest of the people of British Columbia. The revenues that come and go uh, are a key part of delivering services without any doubt. But I think all British Columbians want those revenues to arrive in a legitimate way, not At the expense of uh, families who lose uh, precious loved ones to an opioid crisis that is being fueled by organized crime.
2: If the opportunity comes up, or if you find that people were doing criminal activities, will we see prosecutions? That's up
3: to the prosecution service. That's not up to me.
1: Okay, your one question Which That's probably a good thing. So we will take that as a yes. I mean, if there is criminal activity uncovered during the testimony uh, of this inquiry, the prosecution service, from what it sounds like there, will have the leeway to be able to pursue charges if they feel they can get a conviction in these cases. That may be the big if on this, right? If they feel that what they learned during the inquiry is strong enough to make it through a legal case will they pursue it and also what about the cost here so this is not going to be a short process interim report in 18 months full report in two years Uh, so may of 2021 or in and around there is when we will see the full report here so how much is all of that going to cost well the premier also weighed in on that
3: the indemnity process is again separate from uh, the political process. There's a, an avenue for public officials to access those decisions, and I'll leave that to what it is. The cost, uh, we've not. Uh Put forward a final cost because we don't know what that will be. What we do know is the consequences of $7 billion at a minimum, $7 billion of illegal activity in the economy is having a profound impact on people and a profound impact on how we grow a sustainable economy going forward. So we will not constrain uh, the commissioner uh, by putting a title or a, a, a tagline on it for the cost, but you know, in previous examples of, of commissions of this nature, the cost can escalate. We're mindful of that but we don't want to constrain it at this time we know that the value for money of making sure that the public has a good understanding of how we got here and more importantly how do we ensure that we can stifle this activity and eradicate it if at all possible
1: that is premier john horgan making the announcement this morning that we are getting a public inquiry into money laundering in this province now we were asking you as part of our hot question of the day today like what do you want to get out of it uh, do you want to see people punished? Like, do you want to see people have to go on trial as a result of what we learned? Do you want to just find out what happened? Uh, find out who was looking the other way? Or are you doing this maybe because you just want to make sure this does not happen again? Or maybe you're in the camp that you don't want an inquiry at all. That's our hot question of the day. You can go to SimiSara980 to cast your vote on this or at CKNW. The most popular reply that we're getting on this, and we've got uh, hundreds of votes coming in, of people are saying they want to see people punished straight up. That's what they want to get out of this inquiry. 34% say they're doing this because they want to avoid a repeat of this happening in our province 22% don't want an inquiry at all. And just 5% are saying they want to put all the information out there. Find out what happened. Find out all of the information. So cast your vote. Let us know what you think about that. Uh, And we can also take your emails as well. And I had an email on this from Rick who... uh, Rick, I thought you said this really, really well. Uh, Rick said, I've spent the last 30 years helping business and government leaders solve problems. Almost everything I know, I learned from some very smart clients, Rick said. Einstein famously said that if he had only one hour to solve a problem, he would spend 55 minutes understanding the problem thoroughly and then use the last five minutes coming up with solutions. This is why, Rick says, we must have this inquiry. Without knowing how and why money laundering was left unaddressed, who let it happen, why, and who could have curbed it with timely action, we run the risk, he said, of failing to address it intelligently. Money launderers are endlessly creative, Rick says. We must understand all the loopholes, the niches, the frailties, the inattention, the dereliction. This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
0: Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
1: ...of duty that are allowing it to flourish. He said, I don't care if politicians are prosecuted. Being shamed is enough. But if criminal activities are revealed, I hope they can be pursued regardless of where this takes us. Let's put this news of this public inquiry into perspective to help us out with that. Now we're joined by Global News uh, Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. Hi, Keith. Hey, Jimmy. Okay, so you called it. You said this is what we were going to get. What did you think of the way this is set up?
4: Well, I think uh, it's set up the best possible way uh, because the terms of reference are so broad. Uh, Mr. Cullen is free to go where he wants to go, uh, albeit he's sort of tied to specific sectors, but they're the obvious sectors. Uh, real estate, gaming, luxury, goods, horse racing, financial institutions, all the areas where there's been questions raised and red flags uh, raised for for some some time yet. The money laundering was active in those sectors. So there's really few shackles on him, if any. He's got the full uh, powers as set out in BC's Public Inquiry Act, the power to compel witnesses uh, to testify, to demand full disclosure, to conduct inspections, to uh, uh, gain access to documents. Uh, He's pretty broadly based. He can go back as as far as he wants, there's no time frame on this. Uh, so in terms, if you want a good pub, open public inquiry, I think this is framed the best way possible. Now, a couple of caveats to that. Mm-hmm. Um, David Eby was asked uh, right off the bat, well, what about the feds? Uh, are they going to participate? He says he has the assurance of, uh, of Federal Minister Bill Blair that, uh, that they will but it's one thing for a minister to say that, and it's another thing to for a BC provincial commissioner to compel a federal employee to testify. And this is what's g- broken down in other public inquiries, notably the missing women's inquiry, where the RCMP refuses to testify, to expose their members to you know second guessing and this type of thing. And I'd be very surprised if Fintrack and the federal RCMP, whose whose motives and actions may come under scrutiny and be questioned in a public inquiry in a province, may. Well, um, cooperate. I think there's some open doubts about that, despite uh, Mr. Valery's assurances that uh, that the Feds are going to cooperate. So that's one caveat. The other one, and we've seen this before. It's one thing to uh, compel witnesses to testify. Their lawyer, Everybody's entitled to a lawyer, and it's a taxpayer-funded lawyer. And we saw this in the Bingo Gate inquiry, where all the lawyers get involved and nobody testifies. I, that's the worst-case scenario. I don't right. think we're necessarily going to get to that point, but uh, I think it's a pretty good start for people looking for answers, because it's a pretty wide-open inquiry.
1: It sounds like it, and especially people who don't testify. Is there a lot of pressure, wouldn't you think, on, pe- on people to come forth and, and tell us what you know? And if you don't, it's going to be very public, you saying, I'm not going to talk about this.
4: Well, that might be The consequences of that might be preferable to the consequences of actually um, being accused of uh, violating a policy or a law. And again, um, the RCMP don't like pro- pro- provincial commissioned inquiries, and it'll be interesting whether you know they su- want to subject themselves to questions whether or not they followed the a proper policy or not. So it's uh, be, people are rolling the dice a bit if they want if they get a lawyer to try to prevent their uh, testifying. But again, Mr. Cullen may go into areas that completely surprise people. You know, this is why governments don't like commissions of inquiry. Governments like to be in control. Uh, they like to set the agenda. They li- they don't like any surprises. An inquiry can do whatever it wants, and that's why it's now been unleashed. <laughs> It'll be yeah. interesting where Cullen goes with this, and how many—you know—it doesn't have to be people testifying about their own activities. They, he can get whistleblowers on there, uh, who will testify about other people's activities, and that's right. where I think it's going to get interesting because there may be people testifying. Well, I told so and so all about this, and he never did anything about it, and that so and so maybe a, a a figure of public renown or a a key figure in government or a key person in law enforcement. And that person may never take the stands and defend themselves, but that information may be made public. And that's where I think the most potential has for for sort of uh, not score settling, but certainly who knew what when.
1: Is that the tricky part then for the opposition BC Liberals here? Because clearly people are going to want to know what did they know and when did they know
4: it? Oh, I think so. And I think there's going to be people asked to testify about what did you know and who did you pass it on to and what was their reaction? And that's where it gets a little dicey, more than a little dicey for the BC Liberals, because if if that's what the picture, if that kind of picture emerges that everything was hiding in plain sight, but everybody wanted to look the other way, that's a problem for, for that particular political party. Now, um, I don't think the NDP is necessarily totally going to be... Um, safe with this because, again, the German report looked at real estate in the year 2018, which is the year when the NDP was running the province. And even though the NDP has rightly taken a lot of steps to to clean this mess up that the Liberals refused to take, the fact is it's probably still going on, uh, albeit to a lesser degree. And I, I can't see Cullen necessarily ignoring the present and just focusing on the past. I think he's going to try to do both, which is why I think I'll be surprised if he can meet that deadline of May 2021 for a final report. I will bet dollars to donuts he's going to ask for uh, an extension
1: oh I do love dollars to donuts okay (laughs) when is this going to start when does this get underway
4: well I would think uh, he's got to assemble a staff that's going to take some time the other thing he's got to find himself a really crack Council lead council um, because the commissioner doesn't do all the work by himself or herself. They need some really good staff people. I suspect he's going to take at least a couple of weeks to do that, if not a little longer. Uh, and I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised if he held any hearings uh, for at least a, a couple of months as he gets all his ducks in a row, gets his staff lined up, comes up with a strategy, starts to you know carve off where his his roadmap as he wades his way through all these sectors. I mean he's got to figure out do I start with gaming and then move to real estate, and then move to luxury goods? Or, you know, what do I start with here? I don't think he can just move, like, on day one, you're going to talk real estate. Day two, we're going to talk gaming. I, he'll probably want to do it so he spends weeks on one sector, and then moves into the next sector. And he's got to figure out what his priorities are, and probably what is the most accessible uh, way to do it. Is, is, is gaming the most accessible way, given that German's already done a report on it, as the, he's done one on real estate? He's already got a body of information there, courtesy of Peter German, and maybe that's what he starts with. And then after he gets that, that sorted out, he moves into other sectors, such as right. financial institutions and such. But, you know, he's got a big workload ahead of him now.
1: And I know that the desire for a lot of people in this process is to see some people punished for this, right? Criminal prosecutions. How likely do you think we are to see something like that?
5: Well, a
4: public inquiry cannot charge anyone. It, it simply can uncover a body of evidence that the Crown will necessarily, and obviously be interested in. You know, prosecutors will be paying attention to whatever Mr. Cullen unearths here. They will take that information information, and they will look at it and say, you know what, there's enough here for us to launch another investigation, or the police will launch an investigation, and that information on by a public inquiry can lead to a criminal charge down the road. Keep in mind, someone who gives evidence at a public inquiry, that evidence cannot be used against them in a, in a court proceeding, so there's, that's one check on that. And, again, people can't be uh, compelled to give testimony that incriminates them. So um, charges uh, may flow down the road, but not as a direct result of one day of Austin Collins finding something. Austin Collins not laying any charges here, even though he was a former Crown Counsel. That's when I first met him down yeah. at uh, 222 Maine, I think. He was a regional crown there. And then he became head of the criminal justice branch in uh, the provincial government, and now he's... Um, Chief or, uh, Supreme Court Justice, and now he's uh, going to be the commission commissioner here, which will take up at least two years of his life. And it's interesting that a sitting judge was allowed to uh, take this on, because uh, in the past some the, the chief justice has sometimes turned down requests to take a judge off his roster uh, to go into an inquiry.
1: All right, so it sounds like we're going to be very busy once this thing gets up and
4: running. I just hope it doesn't get bogged down in procedural wrangling. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened to the Bingo Gate inquiry. It was a, everybody thought, oh, we're going to get some answers to this. So there's never any answers to the thing, and it was the liberals who shut it down, even though it was an inquiry which was about their political foes, the NDP. Uh, so that thing went nowhere. I hope this was I don't think this one will go nowhere, but I'm not sure it's going to deliver all the answers and sort of all the revenge people are looking for. Uh, in a timely fashion, I think uh, there's a lot of lawyers are going to make a lot of money in this thing. That's the safest prediction.
1: That's I was just going to say. That's the one thing we do know. Keith, yeah. thank you so much for that. Okay, we take care. That's Keith Baldry, our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, giving us some perspective on this inquiry that technically gets underway today. But as Keith pointed out, it'll be a while to get ramped up, weeks to hire staff figure out the frame of reference, how they're going to tackle this, but you can bet this is something that we will be talking a lot about in the weeks, the months, and the two years ahead.
2: Some individuals have refused to participate in our reviews voluntarily. We are done with asking nicely. Today, our government has given Justice Cullen the authority to do more than ask for voluntary participation. They include the right to inspect any public place and seize records, and the right to apply to court to obtain a warrant to search a private place and seize records. The right to order an individual to attend a hearing and testify under oath and to order that individual to produce any information or thing in that person's control. And the power to find a person who refuses to respect these orders in contempt in the same way as if an order of our courts was not followed.
1: That is Attorney General David E. B. short time ago, announcing the kind of frames of reference and how this public inquiry into money laundering is going to work. They want to know how it has seeped into real estate, gaming, the luxury car market, you name it. And so the B.C. Supreme Court Justice Austin Cullen has been appointed to lead this. And he's been given full power, as you heard, to order individuals to testify, to force witnesses to turn documents over, and refusal to cooperate can result in contempt charges. Now, a lot of this discussion wouldn't be happening without the reporting of our next guest, Sam Cooper, National Investigative Journalist for Global News, who's been uh, trying to shed a light on this for quite a few years now. And Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Simi. Now, when you heard the announcement, was it what you expected or what did you think? Uh,
5: it, it was. It sounded like a, a, an inquiry with powerful ability to compel evidence, uh, an inquiry that could, could allow whistleblowers that I have talked to that say they want the protection of testifying under oath so they can name names, that will be allowed. And for people that don't want to testify, it sounds like they can be forced to. So I'm not an expert on inquiries, but from what I heard, uh, it sounded like a a broad and powerful frame. And uh, Premier Horgan was asked, look, there, we have reported at Global that uh, some things occurred under the NDP government's watch in the late 90s. He was asked, will you allow the commissioner to look back to those days? And he said, absolutely. We are ready for that kind of uh, examination if, if need be. So
1: you've spoken, as you pointed out, to many whistleblowers here. Do you expect to now hear them, you know, in their testimony in this inquiry?
5: I have already talked to uh, at least one uh, prominent whistleblower that, uh, in in the terms of text, sent me the multiple thumbs up and 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 said yes, they are ready to give evidence. I won't say the name at, at this point, but I'm aware of what what sound to me like serious and powerful, detailed allegations. This person wants to bring forward, and I, I believe you know in the in the previous week or two, I've heard from a number of people that are just waiting to come forward and testify, and whether, you know, hearing directly from them or people that have talked to them, I have heard this spans from, you know, average casino workers in the past all the way up to prominent politicians, current and former in B.C.
1: Mm, Okay. Now, Sam, what got us here? Like, when you think back to all the reporting you've done, when did you first start to get an inkling of
5: this? The problem of money laundering and the scale we see in British Columbia it's hard to exactly pinpoint but for for myself when when i started looking at just the insane and unexplainable moves in the real estate market uh, others were looking as well you know around 2013 to 2015 there was market action that could only be explained by by either Massive flows from elsewhere, nothing connected to B.C.'s economy or fraud or crime. So that was my first indication. And when I I would say that uh, I basically stumbled upon some major players that we can say are accused of big crimes in China of coming to B.C. with their money. And when I realized they were involved in large scale real estate development and they clearly were the most aggressive buyers in the market that to me was when I knew major money laundering was occurring. I later learned these were the same people implicated in the casino scandal.
1: What do you? Who do you want to hear from, Sam? Like now that we've got you know the next eighteen months, where we're going to be hearing about from people testimony. Who do you think testimony is most important here?
5: It's uh, it, it, it could span far and wide. We we recently talked to a, a casino whistleblower. Uh, who worked with uh, the Richmond Casino in the late 90s and says that she witnessed with detailed notes actual high-level gangsters transacting on the floor. I believe she wants to come forward. So that would be what I would call a a mid- to lower-level employee. There are a number that probably I, I know want to come forward and tell their stories we we can go up to the executive level people with decision making power or people who spoke directly to executives i know that people in the industry uh, like that want to come forward again all the way up to potentially sitting ministers in british columbia and former high level politicians in that dealt with, uh, you know, casinos in many ways. I think we need to hear from them and I'm being told that uh, some of those types of people want to testify. It could even be former police officers who for years have been banning the table that this type of crime is happening and needs to be prosecuted and they say they weren't being listened to. So if they're saying that, then maybe we need to hear from the brass of police organizations and ask why not.
1: I think that's been the missing piece all along here is, right? Like you were talking to people at the mid-level and below who saw this happening, but what we haven't yet heard is from the higher-ups about why. Like, why did you seem to look the other way?
5: That's the $7 billion question in British Columbia. We've been asking it for a while, and I don't believe we've got anywhere close to adequate answers from, uh, I'll just say, from from the RCMP brass, from uh, high-level bureaucrats in British Columbia, from regulators Mr. German's report said no one was minding the hen house and uh, he didn't name names, but uh, an inquiry would start to answer those questions, I believe.
1: Well, that's what we're going to hear. Sam, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Jimmy. That is Sam Cooper, national investigative journalist for Global News, who has been on this money laundering story for years now. And now we're going to finally start to get testimony, we hope, and hear from people who've been wanting to come forward for several years to tell about what they saw, what they tried to do to prevent this, and tell their story, essentially. And Sam says that is exactly what he is hoping to hear as well in the weeks and months ahead.